0: You're listening to the Rogue Medic Podcast. The Rogue Medic Podcast is hosted by Jason Tartelon and Jeff Cuisin, where each month we can discuss anything from wilderness medicine and rescue to providership and field leadership. Our goal is to bring educational opportunities to our listeners and provide insight about topics that we are passionate about here at Sark and Rescue. All right, hey out there, welcome back to the Roguematic Podcast. Today I'm coming to you from Oregon, um, and we're going to talk about a few different things, and we're going to take a look at um, some common things that happen out here on the line. It's going to be part of a little bit of a mini-series that we're going to be talking about throughout the season this year, picking up little topics here and there and talking about some stuff. So um, we're going to take a look at some things that affect a lot of us out here in the hot weather and in this taxing environment that we work in. And I'm not talking about heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Um, So how about we just dive right on in? So we're going to talk about electrolytes. So our bodies require electrolytes to function, our muscles, our nerves, all of it depends on that balance that's happening within the body. So we work in these environments and we either wash them out or we onboard too much stuff. And we're going to be talking today about what happens when you put too many electrolytes in the body. And yes, you can actually put too much in and they cause just as many issues as not having enough. So, all right. So the four most common electrolytes that we can affect out here in this environment are sodium, calcium, magnesium, and potassium, all of which cause Problems within the body in a different way, and we see different reactions and symptoms out of each of these. So let's let's dig on in. So, hypernatremia is too much sodium, um, and when we look at too much sodium or just sodium in general, sodium regulates a lot of different functions within the body. It it causes it helps us regulate blood pressure, helps us regulate pH, and it also is a key for electrical activity and conductivity within the heart and also within our nervous system. It's managed and kind of buffered by the kidneys. So when we have too much, the, the kidneys will start to draw fluid into the interstitial spaces and like send those signals and triggers for the body to dilute this sodium out of the body. So a lot of times we see a lot of these electrolyte imbalances caused by dehydration and we see the increases in these numbers exponentially based on that dehydration level we're at. When the body doesn't have enough solution to wash out or mitigate or dilute out um, all of that excess for the kidneys to be able to excrete, it backs up and the kidneys get clogged and we start seeing rises and things. So when the kidneys get backed up and that occurs, we see hypernotremia occur. Um, we can also see this because we have excess onboarding of sodium as well. So too many rehydration solutions, too many salty foods, um, those kind of things. When we're when we're out here in this environment, we're uh, a lot of us drink energy drinks or we drink uh, Powerades, Gatorades, those kind of powders. Um, there's even been I've even been told of guys that hand gals that have Every water bottle they put in, they put like some sort of electrolyte solution into. So, yes, we're trying to stave off dehydration. Yes, we're trying to maintain that electrolyte balance. But the reality of it is we don't actually need a a ton to kind of tip that scale. And we also don't need a ton of electrolyte to maintain. So circling back to hypernatremia, when when we're doing too much and we're onboarding too much sodium, through the foods, through electrolyte solutions, and so on and so forth, um, we start seeing a lot of different things occur. So that kind of mimic heat exhaustion, which is why dehydration is a primary contributor to dehydration and heat stroke, or sorry, heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So symptoms in most of your cases of hyponatremia include dizziness, lethargy, and some loss of consciousness. You can also see some nausea, vomiting, um, back pain, um, back back towards the kidney area. Um, So those are things that we can see there. And the treatment for this is we're gonna add more water, whether that be IV or PO to the system where we're trying to dilute this down so the kidneys can process it. Um, All of this has to play with like osmosis, so When we have too much of something in one area, we draw a solution from another area. So as we start looking at some of these other electrolyte imbalances, I want you to kind of think about that for a minute. Because when we have the onboarding of too much and we have that backup that's being caused by the kidneys and not allowing these electrolytes to process and be buffered appropriately, we're actually doing more cause of damage Dehydration. right? We pull fluid from the area that fluid should be staying and trying to dilute this out the process. So, one of the big things with electrolyte imbalances is we pay attention to urine output. So, if we're not urinating as often as we should be, where the color has changed, all of those things lead us down the rabbit hole of. Too much or too little. We're not going to talk about too little, but when we have too much, we see concentrations in the urine. So therefore, it has a strong, strong odor. Um, we see deep color. And if we start seeing like back into like the browns, like you start seeing like really brown or very dark orange urine, um, you have too much concentration in the in the stream, and therefore you need to onboard more water. So one of the biggest things in the backcountry and in the field that we try to educate people to do is pay attention to your urine color. Now, if you're doing some and utilizing different supplements and things along those lines, you also have to pay attention to some of the side effects as far as the urinary system is concerned. Because certain supplements, certain medications can actually change the color of the urine and may give you like some false indicators. But if you've been on those medications for a long period of time or you've had Uh, personnel that you're working with that have been on those medications for a period of time, they kind of understand what normal looks like and then can also kind of gauge too much and too little based on the color change from that norm and that baseline. So let's dig into magnesium. So this is defined as hypermagnesium, that mia And imbalance of magnesium can lead to muscle weakness, low blood pressure, and impaired breathing. Um, Magnesium doesn't really circulate in the blood as its main role is to kind of support the bones and proteins and therefore hypermagnesium um, mostly occurs in people with kidney failure um, and who inject magnesium as a supplement. So we can see these side effects that occur and you have these patients that are having trouble breathing Um, they might be just kind of like weak lethargic low blood pressure um, those kind of things start thinking about electrolyte balances and and potentially replacement in that case and then when we do look at replacement and we start talking again urinary output if they have decrease in urine in kidney function we're going to see decreases in that filtration which makes these patients more susceptible Let's take a look at potassium. So potassium helps to avoid abnormal heart rhythms by assisting the muscles that regulate around regulate the heart, right? So your ventricles and all that cardiac muscle in there, um, it assists with breathing. And too much is defined as hyperkalemia, which causes muscle pains, cramps, lethargy, nausea, um, and so on and so forth, right? Um, this can also um, be a big problem with bleeding um, and can also be more of a problem for diabetics and again, commonly caused by dehydration and then imbalances in the body. Um, it's very common to see folks out on the line. We're um, just in the back country that are even just athletes and stuff having potassium issues. Um, so in most cases, when we have a lot of potassium in the body, we're seeing, these cramps that occur and and aches and pains and things along those lines. And one of the old wives tells us, well, you just add more potassium, right? You, You eat something with potassium and it takes away your cramps. Well, that may be the case when you're low, but when you're too high, it causes the same type of symptoms. And without lab work, we're not sure where this person sits. So, we have to be good detectives and we have to start digging into their history. You know, what have you been eating? How often have you been eating? What have you been drinking? How often have you been drinking? All those types of questions, you know, and then dig into the outs. So, you know, how often have you been urinating and so on and so forth. So you see the common theme yet? Um, but, you know, the kidneys are still the culprit here. You know, if if we have issues with kidney function, we're not able to dilute and or or secrete, I should say, that urine out to get rid of all this stuff. So, And again, adding fluid to the system a lot of times helps, right? Whether we're drinking extra water, um, getting them some PO rehydration for a couple hours and having them just kind of sit and rest, um, those kind of things. Um, I've seen heat cramps um, that are usually caused by the potassium imbalance, um, and they can be full body. Um, they look very clenched up and very... Um, sucked in. It's very painful. um, They're very agitated. And, you know, we have to fluid rehydrate these folks um, to kind of balance that out for them. And once that happens, they usually kind of settle down for you. A little pain management could go a long way with these folks as well if necessary. But once again, we want to make sure that we're, we're rehydrating the body Um, When we look at calcium, so we're looking at hypercalcemia, and it's, as it's called, it's usually caused by a hormone condition um, that is affecting the thyroid or the parathyroid. Um, It can be caused by some cancers as well. And it also occurs when calcium mitigates, migrates from the bone into the bloodstream and can cause, you know, osteoporosis, kidney stones, so on and so forth. Um, a lot of times we are onboarding calcium in the form of like antacids and things along those lines, which is where a lot of kidney stones come from. And then also like tea, tea, like iced tea kind of drinks. So the, the kidneys play a huge role in regulating within the body. There's a reason the kidneys and water balance are recurring themes among all of these electrolyte imbalances. So when we look at the system, the kidneys are the filter, right? We, we filter things through the kidneys, excrete as urine. And when the head senses or the receptors up there trigger, Hey, we we have too much of stuff. We need to start filtering more. We start sucking fluid from interstitial spaces from the non, non, um, necessary organs and areas at this point in time to put it into the system to secrete urine. Um, when water balance is off and we have not enough water in the system, we become more dehydrated, which perpetuates the problem. So, we, we need to maximize our electrolyte effectiveness by balance there. So we've talked a little bit about why, like what is a, what these electrolytes regulate, but why are they important? Right. So each electrolyte has a job within the body and they we're all worked together and with different functions requiring different amounts or a different type of electrolyte we see the need for multiple and we need to balance those. So we all of these help with muscle contractions, proper hydration needs, and then also you know different like roles to help with that process. So while the heart is an organ, It consists of four chambers, all made of muscle. Those chambers regulate the heart's beating and they do so through electrical impulses. Those are assisted, obviously, by electrolytes, specifically potassium. So if we have low potassium, we start seeing dysrhythmias. If we have high potassium, we start seeing changes in the EKG morphology. Um, all of those different things occur and can be a little bit of a window um, for our ALS providers that listen to kind of give us an idea of what might be going on within the body, right? So different electrolytes can have different EKG changes. So for a hyper- uh, kalemic patient, so a high potassium patient, you start seeing very large and peaked T waves, very sharp T waves. Um, whereas with a hypo uh, kaliemic patient, you start seeing slurs and not as pronounced. So the diaphragm is a dome-like muscle between the abdomen and the chest cavity, and it's important for breathing. Again, muscles require electrolytes to function and send the correct signals and regulate how and how hard and so on and so forth. And then when the electrolytes are off, they also wear out faster because they don't have the correct energy and or ability to conduct messages through the nervous system to regulate and function correctly. So proper hydration comes into play all over the place within this little talk we're doing. When it comes to hydration, electrolytes are like the body's crossing guards. Um, once the water enters the system, electrolytes can help direct it and help to regulate nutrients and attach nutrients to be able to be carried. And electrolytes can also protect against overhydration in the same way that water can protect against imbalance of electrolytes. So we haven't really talked about hyponatremia, which is usually the the main culprit of overhydration. We wash out the system and we take out too much um, sodium in the body by putting more water. So we have some of that reverse osmosis that occurs, where we have more water, so to speak, in the system, and therefore stuff wants to dilute into it, so that we can get back to that neutral pH or that neutral balance. Um, and when we have too much water going into the system, we're excreting more urine, the kidneys are working harder, so therefore we're dumping more out of the system than we put in. So sodium again has that particular has a particularly important role and it assists with communication across the nervous system, electrical conduction, and so forth. So when we have all of that occurring and we have too much, we actually have more activity that occurs. We we see hyperactivity, um, increased electrical activity. We can see dysrhythmias due to the fact that we have too much sodium causing too much irritability in the heart, which adding too much conduction potential. Um, And all of those things can lead to life-altering issues. So we want to try and pay attention to them. And the biggest thing is prevention. So we want to avoid certain things when we know we're going to be doing hard work or prepping for hard work. And we want to definitely take into account things we want to do to prepare for that as well. So some of the things you want to avoid are going to be sports drinks, even though they're handed out by the palate. We want to limit our sports drink intake because again, too much stuff. And the drinks also carry a lot of uh, sugar um, and and sugar, carbohydrates, all that kind of fun stuff. And they're not, the right kind of carbohydrates. They're the stuff that tends to get stored um, and carbohydrates via sugar. So you have those energy crashes and increased lethargy at some point once you come down the hump. And we also drink too much. So even at like looking at like Powerade and Gatorades and things like that, we have. There's too much concentration in it, and we're not doing enough activity. Um, even hard labor on the line um, is still if, if, is still being looked at by the sports medicine community, same as like athletes, right, pro athletes that are working at, at peak performance. Um, and the main suggestions that are coming out of that space today is – a, a ratio of intake. So um, for us and most of the parts, most of the time in the backcountry, we do like a 50 50 mix. We look at some of the newer data and we look at some of the newer studies and things like that, and we're seeing it's more like a one to two kind of mix. So for every like one bottle of Gatorade, you want to have two to three bottles of, of water. Um, and then we used to do that whole like 50 50, so half a bottle to half a bottle uh to, to a bottle of water kind of deal. So still kind of the same ratio, we're just kind of looking at it from a different aspect. so for every one bottle of like 120 ounce bottle of like powerade gatorade those kind of things um, or even just electrolyte solutions like your drip drops liquid ivs um, all that kind of fun stuff um, there's tons and tons of products out there today we want to do a 120 ounce bottle of that to a three bottle water kind of ratio so almost like a liter and a half of water um, to one um, solution packet there soft drinks kind of the same problem, you know, again, more stuff causes more dehydration. And even though it's, it's a liquid it doesn't contain enough water and it contains a crap ton of sodium. Um, and also contains a sh- metric crap ton of sugar as well. So those kind of things cause excessive behavior. Um, and then we haven't really talked about caffeine and we're not going to dig into caffeine on this one, but caffeine overdoses are also a big thing out here as well. Um, we, we want to try and make more healthy choices um, in the amount of sugars and excess carbohydrates and thing and and such that are in the soft drinks actually lead to weight gain so and then of course alcohol we have to talk about alcohol alcohol doesn't rehydrate you, it dehydrates you, so dehydration causes more imbalance, causes more issues, causes the perpetuation of this problem, and we see a lot of different changes. Uh, that occur in the body just from the alcohol itself, but also if we're trying to work in a hot or just heavy work environment now, because alcohol dehydrates you, we have the effects of the alcohol itself that are now compounded because of dehydration. Um, So you actually get drunk faster when you're dehydrated. So for those that like to drink, there you go. That's how you become a cheap date, go into the bar dehydrated and you will be on the floor within the hour. Um, But, you know we want to look at these things and consider what we're trying to do to our bodies and yeah we you know water can be boring but there are things out there that you can that you can use to flavor your water and things like that to make it a little uh taste a little better um they do make electrolyte kind of supplement squeezes and stuff like that now that like a small pulse into your one liter bottle adds flavor, but doesn't add too much electrolyte and almost helps you maintain that balance. If you're going to do some sort of flavored solution throughout most of the other flavors are usually like artificial flavoring and a little bit of sugar. Um, And as long as you get it to the point where it's just mildly being tasted, like you're not like if you're using fruit punch as your like Neo for, for this, this drink, it doesn't taste like you're drinking a, a Hawaiian punch, right? You want it to taste like, very watered down Hawaiian punch, so um, those kind of things to help balance, and those are kind of like tips and tricks that I've used to get folks to drink more water um, in addition to trying to balance out that electrolyte problem. Uh, in another episode, we'll dig into caffeine and energy drinks and energy supplements and so forth, um, but we're sticking to just the electrolyte imbalances here. So In closing, the the main thing we want to do is maintain balance, right? So we wanna really dial in and look at what we're ingesting, the foods that we're eating, the foods that we're ingesting, um, and all of that plays into our hydration status. If you look at most of the snack packs that we see on the line, um, a lot of the snacks that are common amongst the backpacking community, outdoor community, you see a lot of very dry substances because they're light. Um, you can pack those out very easily um, and they're not heavy. They don't take up a lot of space. They have a lot of bang for their buck as far as like carbohydrates and sugars and things like that, that we do need, but not to excess. Um, and you know, all of that perpetuates the, the need for water. There's tables out there that you can that you can research that give you an idea, like very very ballpark area of how much water you should be doing to temperature and work intensity. You can see all of that out there. And it's great research to take a look at because I think we underestimate the importance of at least that as a baseline starting point. Um, and then once we get ourselves kind of dialed in via urine output, color, um, and then just paying attention to what we're actually ingesting and putting in our body, you will have a a much better effect there. Um, And again, that one to three kind of ratio is what we're seeing out there today um, and is, is the main point to kind of maintaining balance in these hot environments. And at that point, you're not ingesting too much um electrolyte to disrupt and cause all the problems we just kind of glanced over but also at the same time we're not teetering into i'm only drinking water and not putting enough electrolytes into the body there so um appreciate you guys listening in again today if you have any questions feel free to reach out to us at sergeant underscore Rescue TNG at outlook.com we'd love to hear from you love to hear your questions and if you got anything you want to add or there's a interesting topic um, for this mini series that you that you want to throw out or be a part of feel free to reach out to us and we'd love to hear it love to have you on the show so take care stay safe train for the chaos today not when it strikes see you guys in Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to find out more information about our podcast, head to sergeantrescuetraining.com backslash podcast. If you have a topic you would like to explore with us, please email us at sergeant underscore T N G at outlook.com and let us know about it. We want to hear about all your ideas. Then, to stay up to date on all of our course offerings and other training events, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, or check us out on our webpage regularly. And then again, don't forget to train for the chaos today, not when it strikes. Rogue Medic Podcast signing out. See y'all in the next episode.